Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from the island of broken New Year's resolutions, I'll be your disappointed mentor, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, my non-football-headed co-host, Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, Sean? Hey, David, David, David. How are you, buddy? <laughs> you sound a little down. You doing okay over there? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Do you want we to just have a football head? No, we just we watched a sad episode this week, and so I'm feeling a little bit down. Yeah, it, I, would, I guess it's sad. Yeah, it's definitely sad. Anytime you're an orphan as a cartoon, it's probably a sad day. But at least we get some explanation of why this kid has been an orphan for five seasons of one of the most popular Nicktoons ever. So that's good, right? Yeah, true. I mean, yeah. that's the silver lining in all of this. So <laughs> good? Thumbs good up? question mark? Hey, for me, it, it was great because I really like going back to revisit this one. Um, I think last year when we covered our New Year's Nicktoons run, I think at the end of it, we actually did a ranking of all five that we happened to cover. So I'd like to do that again at the end of this month. But as I'm saying that, I am going to make a strong case that this particular cartoon is my favorite of all the Nicktoons. Okay. Is that, uh, is that right. in line with your thinking or, or are we off on that? Uh, no. I mean, I, I, we haven't really had a chance to, to dive into the rest of the three more Nicktoons that we, two, three more Nicktoons that we have this month. Um, so, you know, I'm interested to kind of see what we watch in these other respective series and if they're going to strike a note or some type of accord with me. But I mean, right now I, I would, I would say that you are correct. I watched a ton of Hey Arnold growing up. And so, uh, this one holds a very beautiful place in my heart. And so I was glad to, to recap it as, as I know that you were. Yeah. I was actually happy that it stood up and I, you know, we watched, obviously we watched an episode for tonight's discussion, but I kind of went back and watched a few more because they were just, it was so easy to get right back into it. And once I watched one, you know, each of these episodes has two segments in it and they go by fairly quickly. So once I watched one, then I watched another one and then I watched another one before I knew it, I had watched like five or six of these. So We'll talk about that briefly, but before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I'd like to turn it back over to Sean, who's going to give you a little bit of the background on Hey Arnold. Mm, let's get into it. So, Hey Arnold is an American animated television series created by Craig Bartlett for Nickelodeon. Bartlett's idea for the show is based, off, <clears throat> is based on a minor character named Arnold, whom created while working on Pee-wee's Playhouse, which was a great show. He created the pilot episode in his living room in 1994, and official production began in 1995. The animators worked to transform Arnold from clay animation to cell animation, leading to the series premiere on October 7, 1996. The show finished production in 2001 and aired its final episode on June 8, 2004. Hey Arnold had five seasons of 100 episodes, which, if we're paying attention, I know that Dave mentioned the segments. There were 185 segments. And it also had a 2002 feature-length movie. Yeah, and we were talking about this one offline, that the, the episode we're going to talk about today actually comes from the fifth season, but it's not technically the finale. It certainly plays like one, and we're kind Ooh, of yeah. theorizing that it probably was meant to be at least a season, if not series finale. Uh, we don't really have any information on that, but what we do have information on is the fact that Hey Arnold is making a comeback. There's actually... Woo! Yeah, Nickelodeon has, they actually created a brand new position uh, that's actually for, they have a fancy name for it, but it's basically just for someone to go back and mine old episodes and figure out what they can reboot. 
Um, so it's it's literally the title. I thought, is, I thought you were gonna say it was like a like a executive level, like a. Uh, well, I guess in this case it would be like CFH, like Chief Football Head. Uh, it, you might as well call it that because it's the Senior Vice President of Content Development for Franchise Properties. And that's a fancy way oh of saying God. pay a guy a lot of money to go back, watch old cartoons, and see what they can repurpose for new ones. So while I'm not a huge fan of that this day and age, it's, this one gets a little complicated, and we'll talk about why within the episode itself, because there are some things that are left unresolved in the Hey Arnold story. Yeah. I, I'm actually strangely cool with that title. Okay. So asking for a friend, what are the qualifications that one needs to become that level of a position? Because that seems like something that might be right up my friends named Sean. Yeah. It might be right up his alley. Sean has actually recently been promoted to the Senior Vice President of Content Development for Franchise Properties of Saturday Morning Cartoon. Um, oh, so congratulations, that's cool. I'll it does take it, not thanks, come with a pay raise. It comes with a lot I'm, more responsibility. And you have to buy your own business card. <laughs> you'd be so. surprised how many promotions come with nothing but a new title. <laughs> Pretty much all of them, I'd imagine. these. Pretty days. much all of them, yeah. Yeah, so, so, so we bring this up because great. they're actually bringing this back uh, in... Right now, it looks like the studios, the animation studio is developing it as a TV movie version. And it's actually going to pick up where the series left off. And that's pretty much where we are going to take you guys today. We're not going to cover, you know, the first five seasons or the first 99 episodes. We're really going to go right to the end of a very, very different type of episode that we watched, which this was surprising to me because it was not really the Hey Arnold that I remembered. I don't even know if I actually watched this episode when it was on the air because I, I may I have stopped watching, watching this by this point. On yeah, the air. yeah. Um, so we'll talk about where that TV movie is going to pick up once we talk about the episode today. As for a synopsis for Hey Arnold itself, uh, part and parcel, you know, most of it, the show centers on a fourth grader named Arnold, uh, who lives with his grandparents in an inner city boarding house in the fictional town or district or neighborhood of Hillwood. Episodes center on his experiences navigating big city life while dealing with the problems he and his friends encounter. And for me, that was... I pretty much grew up in the same kind of situation, except for the boarding house aspect. Basically, just like a kid and his friends in the city. That's pretty much how I grew up. So watching this as a kid, yeah, early teenage years, it was just a lot of fun because it was a lot of the same, you know, the same situations that we get into. You'd play ball in the street and you'd, you know, call out car when a car was coming and get back onto the sidewalks. You'd wait for a snow day. You'd, you know, go down to the local pool. You'd wait for the ice cream man. The same kind of thing that kids everywhere grew up. It's just that since this was set, in a in a city setting with kind of a an alternate family style it was really interesting for me what what are your memories of right. this one uh just you know I, it was really funny because you you brought up all those things that you did when you were a kid yeah. and i didn't i didn't really grow up in a city i grew up in a town okay uh but i had all of those same experiences uh doing everything so i think the thing that is great about this is you know, city, town, village, wherever you moon, wherever you grew up yeah. uh, as a kid, uh, this show really did a great job of resonating with its audience regarding uh, the content and, and the uh, tomfoolery that all of these kids got into. Yeah. And I mean, you could all really, of their adventures. Yeah. Their adventures yeah. and the relationships with each other. And it's not one of these things where it's only like Arnold and his closest friends that get kind of fully realized. You get you know, all these other characters that come into it, you definitely get a lot of He's got of a sense. pretty big squad. He's got a good squad. Even the ones that are not, got a good squad. not great are actually pretty decent, uh, depending on, because yeah. there's bullies and there's, 
there's weirdos and there's nerdy kids and there's you know the same some of these kids have the best names too (laughs) and and like the the character design of these things like there is not an attractive looking kid in this group everybody's just weird and like stretched out in weird proportions and they just have like weird uh you know weird facial things or just i don't know there's something weird about it you know thinking about that you're right everybody had one thing that was either special or unique about their character design that was sort of one exaggerated feature. Yeah, Gerald's probably like the most normal looking of everybody. Uh, I think his exaggerated feature was the, the length of his hair. Yes, that's probably about it, yeah. I mean, he just, he kind of had like a, like a stove pop, like a yeah, stove pop. Stove, I think that's what they <laughs> would have called it, head. stove pop. <laughs> stove pop? Yep. Um, he just had like a stovepipe head. It's a combination uh, of stovepipe and jiffy pop for people out there who are wondering what this style is. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Uh, it's perfect. Yep. Yeah, so that was Gerald. But yeah. Like everybody else. So like Arnold, for whatever reason, and it's funny because they, they keep drawing attention to it, especially Helga Pataki, who is pretty much the only one who calls him a football head. His head's shaped like a football. He looks like a somewhat older Stewie Griffin. Now, do you remember the one episode of uh, Family Guy where Stewie, like, he had a normal-shaped head, and then he's bouncing on the bed and falls? I think he hits the ceiling and then falls on the floor, and it yeah. flattens his head into that weird football shape. I don't think there's ever right. an explanation for why Arnold has this shape of a head. I mean, I, I, I'm going to disagree with you, did you and did say you that. It? I don't think there was an explanation, but other than genetics, because when you meet his mother and his father, his... His father has the blonde hair, and his mother has a rounded head. It kind of has like a rounder head. She has a round a lot head. Of... I'm talking the difference between a football I, and I a mean, football. I, I know, but like, yeah. but like his dad had like a really, you know, he had a very chin. defined butt chin. Yeah, it was more of a ball uh, chin. Ball chin. <laughs> ball chin. Straight up testicles on his chin. So he, <laughs> so he's got a his dad's got a ball chin, yep. um, you know, which is like a pointy feature kind of on his face, uh, you know, and his mother had kind of a very round. Uh, had a round face as well, and his dad had blonde hair. No, and so I'm gonna, I, like, I'm gonna looking say, at his parents, I was like, "This makes sense to me." No, I'm gonna, it made no sense. You have no? you have a cylinder with balls on it. You have. Uh, do I need to do I need to explain to you genetics, Dave? Because yes. it's going to be a very short conversation. Yeah, I'd love to hear Sean's 101 on genetics. <laughs> genetics 101. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Where do they come from? Peas. Finches. Peas. Done. Finches. Evolution and genetics. Um, Atticus Finch, right? No, it makes zero okay. sense. I don't know why he ended up with like this this weird elongated uh, football shape of a head. I, I don't get it. I thought maybe they would have explained it or had one of his parents have slightly more football shaped head. I think he was just kind of a mute. You know how like when babies are born, their heads are kind of pliable? I think maybe they just had like a really shitty like <laughs> you can, jungle you doctor. You can move the fontanelle. <laughs> and they just, yeah, they just squished it. <laughs> they just squished it down. This actually could come into play with the, both the TV movie and the stuff that's unseen in this particular episode because Arnold's birth is. I was really, actually thinking just yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. This could These be the green mysterious, eyed people. exactly the green eyes who Ooh, we'll talk about I like in a little it. bit. But we've never really seen the green eyes. Maybe they are football headed tribal people, and this is just that'd like, be amazing. This is just their thing. So Arnold is like a uh, a symbolic football headed green eye. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was interesting. The the one thing in the synopsis that we talked about yeah. uh, pre-show was sort of this this whole inner city aspect of the show right. that is included. Now, I know you and I both had the same idea originally when we watched the show, as I'm right. sure most people did, uh, but they never actually... This is sort of like a Simpsons in Springfield moment 
they never actually tell you uh, until later episodes of The Simpsons. They never really tell you where Hey Arnold takes place or what big city it is. I had the impression, and I believe you did too, Dave, that it was New York City for the longest time. Yeah, I think. And this... then reading a little bit more about Craig Bartlett's, yeah. uh, where he grew up and sort of the inspirations that he took from his own childhood, you know, you you get another story, but it, it's never it's never really resolved or made crystal where they're actually where the setting actually takes place. Yeah, so it's just kind of like generic city urban landscape, but it, you you get the sense that right. in the neighborhood it's kind of like a um, it's not a high high class high scale you know up and coming neighborhood it's kind of like old there's a lot of families there's a lot of kids but there's a lot of just like high rises and the boarding homes and you know the corner stores that are like built within the it's it's not suburbia by any stretch of the imagination they're not right. like these strip malls all the storefronts and stuff are like within the structure of the existing buildings they go to a public school it's called PS118 that's the name of their school and which, for me which like, really leads you which yeah, yeah new york that's city why like 100% new york city cuz it's like we have so many fucking kids in so many schools that we're just going to number them like you don't even get names so to me it was 100% new york city and i just kind of grew right. up that was the closest one for me really that made sense so i just assumed new york city but yeah all these years i had no idea let us know craig we want to know we want to know where this took place mr bartlett it's killing us mr bartlett so before oh, we get into tonight's so, episode discussion, do you want to talk about this theme song, which is one of my all-time favorites, not just for Nicktoons, but for pretty much any cartoon ever? And I want to throw it back to you with the question, Dave, why did you love this theme song so much? Because uh, I was a sax player from you have the, the best, age of about yes. like seven, I guess. What'd you say? <laughs> I know. This is the exact answer that I wanted, so thank you for indulging me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started playing sax when I was, man, like seven or eight. Uh, on alto, I've played alto, berry, and tenor bragging. for like 15 years. I actually miss playing right now. So as soon as I heard this song again, which I could play when I was a kid, um, man, I really just want to go back and play. So it's it's really cool to just like hear the song. It's kind of a jazzy tune. I don't think it's synthesized. It was hard to tell, but I don't think it was synthesized. I think it was like live sax playing. At least I'm really crossing my fingers and hoping that it was. Okay. But it's just... It was just fun for me because you introduce all these characters in like a, a weird kind of way. Nobody really gets names except Arnold because they say "Hey Arnold" about fifty times. Um, but you just get an, <laughs> yeah, the show's get an not introduction. called "Hey Gerald." Hey what? The show isn't called "Hey Gerald." Hey Gerald. Hey Helga. Yeah, there was no spinoff like "Hey Gerald," "Hey Stinky," "Hey, hey Stupid." <laughs> yeah, right. Nothing like that. But yeah, you get you get all these little. There's these weird little like foley's and there's these weird little sound effects and. All the different characters are introduced in different ways. And I just, I just thought it was fun because it's really about Arnold and his friends. That's it. That's all you really need to know. Right. Do you have any other? And what, yeah. and what a gentleman. What a gentleman this Arnold is. Okay, go on. As well. The entire, entire theme song, he is being beckoned by somebody. True. By Helga Pataki, who is screaming, Hey, Arnold, in different intonations. Uh, you, there's this one shot where I, I love that was always memorable to me. It's a very close, like it's a, it shows the intimacy of the city to this group of people yeah. where you see all of the, the faces in the, the back of people's heads as they're leaning out windows. Oh, yeah. And there's sort of like a spotlight on, on Arnold and his friends. Yeah. yeah. Seeing what's going on because this, this person just will not shut up screaming hey arnold in the middle of the fucking let me street. ask you when you were when you were a kid in your bedroom right did you did your friends come by and not bang on the door not call you 
just scream your fucking name in like the summer, right? So you're home in the summer, your window's open, you're just hanging out in your room. Do your friends ever come over and just, hey, Sean, just yell because they knew you were probably there? No, I honestly, I think that they just came over and they just knocked on the door. I had the most just primitive friends then because I had like just the neighborhood full of kids. If the window was open or if they just came by, they would just scream, hey, David. And like, I would either poke my head out the window or not, you know, so I could ignore them. They never would knock on the door. Never knock on the door. Really? Probably because my dad would oh, just God. terrify them. But uh, yeah, so they would just yell and I'd go to the window and just be like, hey, what's up? What are you guys doing? They'd either be going to the pool or they'd be going to the ice cream shop or whatever. So yeah, that was my summer. It was basically, hey, Arnold, we intro. Al- we also had uh, designated times for certain things. Oh, really? So. Uh, yeah, so like Saturday morning, we would ride our bikes to this arcade. Oh, okay, yeah. That was about maybe like two miles from the development that we lived in. And it was something where, yeah, like we all knew that we were leaving at 10 o'clock and we all knew to meet at one person's house. Well, yeah, that's another uh, so thing. Like if we were, we were organized. Yeah, well, we weren't. Cause <laughs> Probably like if, not. If a neighbor, you know, like if a neighbor's mom or dad was just taking them to the pool or taking them to the mall. They would just yell, hey, David. And if I was there, they'd be like, you want to go to the mall? And I'd just run downstairs and hop in the car and we'd go to the mall and play at the arcade. Or I just would ignore them and just stay home and play video games. So like, right. yeah, but it was great because there was like, it was instant. It was like even faster than text messages because they just yell through <laughs> an open window. And if you're there, you go. And if you're not, <laughs> right. you don't. And same kind of thing yeah. as Hey Arnold. So it was very much like a, an immediacy for me. It was just kind of like swap the name and change some of the kids' faces and names. And it's pretty much the same thing. So I always thought it was really cool. And I love things like, um, I can't remember this kid's name, but he's kind of like the real creepy looking dude. Oh, the one with the, the glasses? Yeah, glasses. Like Who, in the theme song, glasses. he holds the glass. He holds the, uh, yeah, the, the flashlight, flashlight in front of his face. And, like, yeah, a girl I know the guy. in the background. I just yeah. love those little, like, little gags within the intro, too. So it's one of my favorites. One of my favorites. And it, it's just interesting to see that, like, at the very end, they have. So I know this will be a weird comparison sort of how at the very end of the american version of the x-men theme song okay we have all of the x-men lining up and then right. we have all the villains coming in like a kind of head-to-head yeah. battle at some point and in this yeah. we sort of have hey arnold and his friends and then we have helga pataki and her friends all kind of lining up and then in the moment where you think that there's going to be something that happens yeah, a, a rumble um, Helga just says, move it, football head. And Arnold, just as a pure gentleman, just simply bows away and allows her to pass. That's right. And that's, and then turns around and does like the classic, like, like mugging back to the camera, like back to the camera. Yeah. And it just, hey, Arnold, starts up. Started up. And uh, so like so we, we mentioned, each of these had two segments. Before we get into tonight's episode discussion, I just wanted to give kind of a, a background for some other episodes that I watched. Um, this one that I went back and watched just because it was one of my favorites and one that I remembered, but it actually ties into tonight's episode too. So I watched, um, this first one I watched was season one, episode three. The first segment was called Arnold's Hat, and the second episode, or second segment is called Stoop Kid. Now most of you out there who watch Hey Arnold probably remember Stoop Kid. Stoop Kid's Afraid to Leave a Stoop. It's a classic episode. It's like the, mo- it's the classic episode. It's a classic episode. And it's like the third one into the series. So like that, you know you were on solid ground once you watch that. And I watched it today and it really holds up, or the other day and it really holds up. Um, the interesting thing about Arnold's hat, you not only get a peek into the relationship between Arnold and Helga, so Helga outwardly just kind of bullies Arnold and she makes his life hell and she goes out of her way to like frustrate him and he doesn't really like, A, he doesn't really care, but he doesn't also doesn't really understand why she's just kind of this nuisance. 
But then you find out in these weird little like soliloquies and these little asides with Helga that she's and she mono she monologues oh for God. days and like, and like Shakespearean sonnets. Like she's her her vocal patterns change and her choice of words change and the music changes. It's really great that she just professes her undying love to him to like no one in particular. And you find out this it, is the episode the, where she the... has the shrine. Yeah. Oh my God! Is it's that the so fucking creepy? Oh, I remember that one. She's got so she. She's her, got like hair. She's and... got the whole thing is made of <sighs> chewed up bubblegum from Arnold over the years. It's a full size <laughs> Arnold shaped statue of bubblegum with like a coin for one eye and like a button for another one, and clothes. And it's got four arms like a Hindu god for some reason. And this one, it's called Arnold's hat, what? right? So she she looks at this statue, her shrine to her beloved. And it's just got this gap in the middle of his head because that's where his hat should go. And without getting into the, the, the story, she gets his hat at one point and then he gets it back. But what I thought was interesting about this particular episode is this is the first time that you are aware that his parents actually gave him that hat before they right. disappeared and more or less orphaned him and left him with his grandparents, his paternal grandparents, at their boarding house. So this is the first time that you're not just getting the story of this kid's life, but you're learning like this backstory, like, oh shit, something like odd happened here. So I thought right. that was really cool. That's the first time you see it. Um, I watched another one. Do you remember anything about like Helga and just like her obsessions? Do you remember anything offhand? Yeah. I mean, the, the Arnold hat, Arnold's hat yeah. episode jumps to mind as, as being quintessentially creepy. Oh, yeah. uh, there's and a, there's the a moment where she like picks with... up his head. Because it's like on a removable stick. Yeah, and she like kisses yeah, it. She kisses it, she... and all the gum sticks to her face, and it's just the oh most disturbing God. thing in the world. It's real gross. Little girls out there, if you if you really like a boy in your class, don't do whatever you got to do, but don't make a bubble gum shrine out of him, please. Yeah, anything else is fine. That goes for boys too. Just please don't. No bubble gum shrines. And, but I mean, you think about you think about relationships back in that presumably middle school era yeah is i think where they are uh, yeah like, for them yeah well they're in like fourth grade are they in fourth grade I, they started out in fourth grade yeah okay uh you think about them like in that that early age like that's that's when there was that dynamic or that is when there's that dynamic so of everything was if you like somebody you kind of pull their hair and you push them down oh, yeah, and that, you give that them shit. i love that she was like a real jerk to him because it was just like that's the only way she knew how to express her feelings and her frustrations but the right. bubblegum shrine in the closet was a little much i love that her mom just threw it out she's like you never see her mom uh helga comes up to her right. well you see her later on and i'll get to that in parents day but you see her later on but oh, in this okay. episode you don't see her and she's like hey mom did you see like a weird pile of trash in my room that didn't mean anything and wasn't totally a love shrine to anybody and she's like uh yeah honey i threw it in the trash so yeah oh god that's that moment so that uh, I don't want to get sidetracked on that, but that's that's that episode. And then just real quick, I watched another one. It's season one, episode five, called Heat Snow, and it's basically one where the entire city has this insufferable heat wave for the first segment, and then Arnold and his friends get a snow day for the second one. And it's just it's one of my all time favorites. I actually was singing the song that the there's a postal worker that's like he's trudging through the snow and delivering the mail, and he's got this little song that he sings as he's walking. It's just weird little aside. He's just like, I hate the snow. I hate the snow. I hate the rain and I hate the sleep. But man, I sure do hate the snow. And he just keeps singing it over and over and over again. And I like sang it to my girlfriend the other day and she's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what? It's not even snowing. It's like 80 degrees outside. And this just, this is what I do. This is my random cartoon knowledge coming from the back of my mind somewhere. 
So I had to watch that one, right? Okay, now I'll, I'll get off my nostalgia wave and I'll get into what we're talking about for tonight's episode. So we're going to jump ahead. Would you like me to give you a little, little recap on the journal? Uh, before on the episode we, that we did watch? Before we even do that, and I would like you to do that, but I, I want to give people a little bit of background first with another oh, sure. season five episode, uh, season five, episode six, and it's called Parents' Day. This mm. one's interesting because it's not technically a two-segment thing. It's one episode that has a story the full way through. And this is, I believe, the first time that you actually see Arnold's parents. Their names are Miles and Stella. And you see them, like, running through a jungle from this tribe in, like, a very Indiana Jones setup where they're, like, you know, swinging away on vines from tribes people and they're jumping over crocodiles' mouths and they're jumping into a plane and you learn that they, like, get this vial of uh, antidote or vaccine to a tribe that's in need. And then you learn that this is uh, Arnold's grandfather's bedtime story that he's telling him. And Arnold, at this point, he's starting mm. to grow out of these bedtime stories, right? But he's like, okay, Grandpa, great story, blah, blah, blah. And you learn that the day that's coming up at school is Parents' Day, where all the parents come and they spend the day with their, their kids in a competition against all the other parents. So Arnold... Such a weird... It's weird. <laughs> it's strange. But it's to set up the fact that like Arnold and, and other people in class say, like, Arnold, what are you going to do? You don't have any parents. And they're like, shut up. What the hell's wrong with you? And so Arnold gets it in his head like, man, he has his grandparents and they're great and all, but it's not his parents. And then the, the right. best part of this episode, I think, is the grandparents and how completely insane, but beloved and devoted and there for Arnold that they are. Even though they're older, like, they're, they're great. They're still, like, perfectly able to do all the things that they do. And there's this weird little, like, subplot between Arnold and uh, Helga. And they're, you know, Helga's dad's like a real jerk. Bob Pataki and like his beepers store or whatever the hell. He's a real ass. But the, the main thing here is that uh, they show Arnold as a little kid saying goodbye to his mom and dad the last time he ever saw them. And that's kind of Arnold comes to the realization like his parents are gone, but his grandparents are here and they're still great. So that's fine. And then you think maybe we'll never yeah, I mean, see from a, them again. It's a very pivotal moment. Exactly. But then we do come back to that story, which Sean's going to give you a little teaser about for uh, season five. Episode 19, you could basically call the series finale, titled The Journal. So on the anniversary of his parents' disappearance, Arnold decides to give up hoping that they will ever return home. But while packing up their keepsakes in the attic, Arnold finds his father's old journal. The end. And then that's, that was it. That's all that happened, guys. So that's the, <laughs> the weird thing about Blackout, this, end of yeah, show. Blackout, the end. Thanks for watching 100 episodes of Hey Arnold. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the interesting thing in this one, and we'll get into the story here, is that it's a, it's a departure from the, the structure of the rest of the series. Because it's not a story about Arnold and his friends. It's a flashback told through a framing story of, like, Arnold's grandfather, Phil, uh, narrating the story from the journal and there's a lot of like funny little moments and cuts that they do back and forth between the story of the journal and the story in current time and that's a lot of fun but you actually learn a lot more about Arnold's parents too so what right what was your knowing what you knew about hey Arnold and then watching this episode what was kind of your first reaction to the difference of the storytelling style um my reaction was that i watched this episode twice okay uh my first impression was that, so I should say this, the first time I watched it, I watched 
35 minutes out of the 45, yeah, 47 like minutes. We should mention that it is actually like a double episode. So not only is it not right. just two segments that are different, it's actually like two full episodes that are all dedicated to this story. So, so I, I watched and so I watched 35 minutes of the this two-parter and then the next day I ended up just coming back and you know I I was like I don't remember where I left off yeah. I just restarted the entire thing and, and watched it all over again but from that first impression I honestly did not think that his grandfather was a reliable narrator at right. first and, and, and I he grew wasn't more and more concerned about it. He, re- sorry? he really wasn't for the rest of the series like Actually, I think it's in Parents' right. Day when Grandpa's telling him a story. He's like, your parents, you know, your parents were doing this research on this terrible disease. And then Dr. Lobster Claw from the Lobster Claw Corporation busts in with his robot army. And then Arnold's like, all right, Grandpa, like, just, I wanted the real story here. So can you stop and making you stuff up? And you think with a story like, like that, that it would come man. from his yeah. grandmother. Sorry, say that again. Right. Uh, I was going to say, you would think that with a, a story like that, that it would, come, it would have come from his grandmother. Yeah. Can like we talk the about Dr. Lobster Claw and, Grandma and everything? For a second. Everything. So, well, so that, so that was my first impression, was yeah. that Grandpa was not being a reliable narrator. Right. And I got very concerned about that until when I watched it the second time, I noticed that he actually was reading the text oh, yeah. that was there, that was in the journal. And so I was like, okay, hopefully he's not just beginning the chapter and then embellishing on top of that. Yeah, there's a moment second... where they, they kind of let you know that he is reading the actual story because there's a moment that comes up where he actually rips a page out of the journal and is like, ah, oh, we're going right. to say that until you're older. So that's kind of funny. When things get real sexy. Sexy and steamy in the jungle. Sexy and steamy. Hottest night in the jungle. Oh, yeah. Mm. God. So the, my, my second question, and I guess maybe this kind of plays back to sort of the, the age that we felt that Arnold... Uh, is presented to us in this season. Yeah, I don't know if he ages as, up with the seasons at all. Like if he yeah, be, and so I'm, be like fourteen at this point. 13, right, fourteen. Yeah, it, it's deceptive because it doesn't look like he's grown. Doesn't no. look like he's really matured. And so I, I, I was a little bit. Uh, I didn't know because I, I've seen in other episodes Arnold reading things. Yeah, and Arnold interacting with things and, and spelling stuff. <laughs> Uh, but for some reason, he insisted that his grandfather read this journal to him. There's a, and so there's there a are these of, moments. Yeah. It's a lot of, and, and which this was curious for me, and I'm, I'm curious to go back and watch some of the series, and I'm also interested to ask you this question. Yeah. Did Grandpa always make a high number of poop and fart jokes? I don't think we ever spend enough time with the grandfather to... You know, where he's just sitting there and they're not doing anything but reading stories and eating all right. day. I don't think you ever spend really enough time with him. Because like I said, the, the majority of these episodes, you're with Arnold and his friends outside of the boarding house. There are relatively right. few episodes, I think, where you're stuck inside the house, nowhere else to go, with just Arnold and his grandfather. I don't think that happens. He usually just okay. comes in as kind of like this kooky character that makes a lot of these like kind of off-color comments and just like says weird stuff, but is also kind of a mentor for Arnold and to just like encourage him to like, not take things too seriously. He's very, very lighthearted. He's incredibly fun, but he's also very caring and very loving and, and attentive too. I think it's important that um, he's not deranged because he can see like when Arnold is kind of like, <laughs> if he's not feeling it, like if he starts telling a funny story and Arnold's like, not today. He's like, you doing okay, short man? You want me to come back later? Like, is everything all right? 
So he he's in touch. He knows what's going on. He's kind of a cool hip old guy, which is very different from his wife, which is so sad. Oh boy. Which I, yeah. So I mean that was that was the only question was that whether or not he that hate like there was so many pauses and breaks and I didn't know if they were set up and and they coincided just simply with having to do actual commercial breaks in the show that's possible or i, I think it's a lot I mean, to it do is. with the fact that like the story of of miles and stella was just like they were vignettes it was basically one indiana jones adventure story after another and i think that True. in order to break that up because they were just like journal entries of like their adventures so i think in order to break right. that up they were just like oh grandpa has to go take a shit so yeah kinda how it, was very, it. it was very really strange it was very awkward and yeah. very, it was very sudden where suddenly grandpa would stand up and he'd just be like, oh, that Kung Pao chicken catching up on yeah, me. Right. Gotta go to the bathroom. Just run to the bathroom. And then, and then commercial break, presumably, yeah. because then the second he'd come back in and he'd just be like, I'm a changed man, light as a feather yeah, now. <laughs> He's just like, okay. There's so many gross, <laughs> gross statements that I like, never want to but hear my grandfather make. Yeah, it's, it's weird because you don't, you don't anticipate it because it, it's not that it seems out of character, no. but you know, you've, you've, like you said, the grandfather is really around for encouragement and some of this sage advice yeah. not to be making poop humor jokes all the time. And I, I don't, I don't care. It was just something that from my, from my understanding of that character from watching so many episodes, right. I didn't think that that was the function that he served. And I was just surprised to see him in this episode doing just exactly that. Well, and that it was also, what was so yeah, interesting. It also made it really difficult to kind of get a grip on how old Arnold is because, you know, grandpa's making right. poop jokes and Arnold's not laughing, but he's also not like saying like, all right, if you're not taking this seriously, then I'm just going to go read it myself. You know, he's not like, right. He's not at the age where he's uh, a teenager who is defiant and doesn't want anything to do with his elders. He's like, he's caught somewhere between, it's got to be somewhere in that middle school, late middle school age. But at the same time, like his grandfather gets to a point in the story when it's like about sex and he's, you know, telling Arnold like, oh, hey, by the way, when your mom was pregnant with a little baby, do you know who that baby was? And Arnold's like, I don't know, maybe. Oh, wait, was it me? Yeah. Like, fuck, man. Like, were you dropped on your head well, when he, you were a kid? Because the, pretty obvious. <laughs> he, does the, he does the whole thing where he gets up and he's just like, your mom was having a, and he mimes like, like, a, like a large stomach. Yeah. And he's just rhymes like, it with rhymes maybe? with, mimes with maybe. And then grandma and pipes up. And grandmother, which I think is now a perfect segue yes. to get into, she yells out, rabies. Rabies. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> She's amazing. And I loved her as a kid because she was such a non sequitur character. And she was always like running around like, okay, so in the episode Heat Snow, during the snow day, she's constantly, she's like this running gag. She's constantly just, with like a dog sled team with the boarding houses, cats and dogs. There's just like a bunch right. of cats and dogs that always run in and out of a room. She's got them all <laughs> tied up on a dog sled and she's like, we must rescue the missionaries. And she's just riding back and forth across the screen. And it's hilarious in the heat part of that episode. She's actually like, she's fanning herself and she's like, I don't know what to do. It's so hot. The air conditioner's broke. I've got a boarding house full of people to take care of and a young grandson that I'm responsible for. And Arnold's like, he basically looks at the camera and he's like, man, it's so hot today that even grandma's acting normal. And I was like, that's so <laughs> fucking sad now that I'm looking at this because it's the only like five seconds where this old lady, where this old lady's like lucid, 
You know what I mean? Right. She's yes, she's fun and she's crazy and she loves Arnold. But the stuff that she does and says is so out there that she clearly has some sort of early onset dementia. And it's just, it's something that I didn't notice until now watching it. Like as a kid, I just thought she was funny. Yeah. I I mean, I remember watching this and thinking that something was going on. Yeah. And just think about like what Bartlett, you know, where he drew that from. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing to watch. And Dave and I have talked about this a little bit yeah. before because of the, the stigma with mental illness and the difficulty that sometimes people can have about talking about mental illnesses and how they impact and affect people. And I mean, I, I've, I've definitely been impacted by it in my life yeah. and it's, it's hard and it's, it's you know, my, my grandfather, uh, you know, towards the end of his life had dementia and, you know, those, those things are so challenging to deal with. You know, the, the sudden mood swings and, you know, the, the memory loss and not being able to place things. And this, I think, was such, if, if Bartlett was drawing this from his, uh, from his personal life, this seemed like an extremely sweet tribute to something that may have been impacting him at, at, at some point. And, you know, you, like you said, Dave, you, you watch this as a kid and you, you maybe don't pick up on it right. and you maybe don't get the, the subtle undertones of, of, of mental illness and these things that are there because you see grandma waving a hoagie like a sword or you see her standing upside down or, and then, yeah, yeah. yeah, and doing headstands and, you know, uh, grandpa pulls her kind of like a, like a sliding door, or like a screen door and then uh, pulls her back and, you know, she seems to be happy. And, and I think that that's the biggest thing that always stood out to me about the dynamic of the relationship is that grandpa always seemed to be happy and loving and so did grandma. Yeah. There never seemed to be uh, any, any problem. There was always such a solid understanding between those two that it was, you know, now as an adult, when you realize that grandpa was taking care of everything, He's holding he couldn't it together. rely on, he, yeah, he, had, he could not rely on her to do anything but he was such you like know, and you, some... you nailed it like it's such a sweet relationship that i appreciate more now because like i'm watching right. so I, I lost my grandmother a while ago but she had dementia in the last few years of her life and my uh my maternal grandmother is dealing with some mental issues too but it's it's cool to watch my grandfather who's like he's older than her he's got like two bad knees and all kinds of bad stuff but he is like right. the sweetest old guy taking care of her so patient and so kind and that's exactly how like bill is to gertrude because She'll do something crazy, like be swinging from a ceiling fan and like, instead of making oatmeal for breakfast, she just like makes miso soup because she thinks she's some sort of like Japanese, like samurai warrior or something. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> and, uh, that was in parents day. And, um, <laughs> and he's just like, okay, Pookie. And it's just like, he doesn't necessarily encourage her crazy behavior, but he doesn't put it down or like yell at her for it. He's just kind of like, okay, you're being real weird right now, but that's fine. We're just going to keep going with it. And it's just, it's so sweet yeah. because it's just a loving relationship and you never see the, the really awful side of it, thankfully. Right. Yeah. That there, I think the fun thing is that in this episode, in the journal, there's this moment where he's not, he's not scolding her. He's not reprimanding her, right. but he is correcting her yes. uh, with the sandwich. And he's like, Pookie, that's, <laughs> that wasn't you and that wasn't the wedding that we went to. That was somebody else's wedding in reference to Queen Diana and Prince Charles. Yeah, she's talking about and Charles just, and Diana's wedding. Yeah. And she just pauses for a minute and it was just like, oh. 
and then just kind of continues on her her merry way. Yeah, that's you know, fine. and so he it's just, just kind of like guides her back to center. <laughs> it's just kind of right. like, all right, come back in here. You're getting a little crazy. Let's just bring it back. Oh man, but it's it's crazy because you have that juxtaposed to this incredible story about these two people. One kind of an anthropologist researcher out in the field, very Indiana Jones like. Another one like a medical relief worker who's also out in the field in these these underdeveloped places that trying to bring uh, medical relief and aid to these tribes. And it turns out that this is the story of how Arnold's parents meet. Okay, so it, it starts off very fantastic and very, like, adventurous, and it just gets even more so as they go on. It gets to the point that, like, it's laughable how tropey these kind of things are with the, the adventure shtick that they kind of go through. It's basically, like, if you would read any of the old pulp comics or watch episodes of Indiana Jones, like the young Indiana Jones, or just watch the movies, they're like pulling these scenes straight from those adventure stories. Because it's like there's volcanoes that are exploding and there's totems to find and there's mysterious tribal people and there's like mysterious illnesses that are going on and all kinds of crazy stuff. So it's, it just felt very... And then they are the only people who can fix only, it. They're the great white hope. It's like... They're the only... <laughs> oh, I mean, they basically were. Like any time that these yeah. people, like, these, these mysterious people needed help, they'd call them these two individuals. Um, but it's just so out of step with everything else that Hey Arnold was about. So it just felt strange. It felt odd because you have Arnold, who's this kid in the city, who's just hanging out with his friends and it's very real and it's very relatable and they have the same kind of problems and the same kind of misadventures and the same kind of stories that you do growing up. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's an orphan Bam. kid because his, his dad was Indiana Jones and his mom was uh, Florence Nightingale. The Dr. Quinn, yeah, Dr. Dr. Quinn, Dr. Medicine, Quinn Medicine Woman. Woman. And they're like gallivanting through the South American jungles, you know, a few times a year. And that's how they happen to meet. So it's just really strange. It's a little <laughs> odd. Not what I expected at all. But it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I we, we, we've kind of begun to talk about the episode. Do we want to? There's, there's a lot that's in this episode. Yeah. And, and it's weird to I, kind of talk about because it's just, I don't want to rehash just their adventures. We can kind of do the highlights right. of them because they're all, it's just a series of their adventures and them kind of falling in love and learning to trust each other and rely on each other. But they're, it's like these tiny little like action adventure movies that play out throughout the course of this journal reading interspersed by like dementia craziness and poop jokes. So it's a, just a really weird 40 minutes of, of setup and story here. You do also find out the origin of Abner the pig, which I thought was interesting. Which is great. Yeah. So I, at the very beginning, I thought the thing that was probably the most interesting. So it's the date is October 5th, which is the anniversary of his parents' disappearance. Um, it's interesting to see, you know, his grandfather uh, comes in after Arnold has this nightmare and gives him uh, a breakfast. And it's really, did you, like, did you notice that the, the face that was in the breakfast that his grandfather gave to him? Yeah, it's made uh, out like, bacon, kind of strips fr- of bacon and, yeah. Yeah, but it was like, it was like kind of sad and crying. Oh, I didn't <laughs> like, notice it was, it was like crying. A, I thought it was a smiley face. It was like an upset face. Oh, was it really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I didn't notice that. It was like, well, I love you know, that, his, wait, his isn't grandfather. This, isn't this the one where Arnold's nightmare was like him having an adventure with his parents out in the high seas on a boat? Was that this one? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of like and a you, lot of these episodes open with Arnold's kind of fantastical adventure stories that are his dreams. And this is another one, but it actually tied into his parents. Right. And then. So you, um, you get this moment yeah. and then, you know, he, he wants to be alone. 
Yeah. So he goes and he hangs out on the stoop. Right. And what does he like? It's it's raining. So already, you know, he wakes up and it's it's very dreary. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of a shitty day. So, you know, on top of all the bad things that are happening, he's got to deal with crappy weather. Right. You know. So, all of his friends are just like, "Hey, we're going to we're going to this amusement park. Uh, yeah, we're going like to ride this roller coaster." One of the roller coasters, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, they're just like, hey, why don't you come with us? And he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to chill. Like, just not into it. Yeah, just doesn't want to be out there. And everybody, everybody really seems, you know, everybody seems surprised because they're just like, whoa, this is out of character for Arnold. Like, right. you're not coming with the crew. You know, we got we to gotta go do this thing. We got to go have fun. Got adventures to get to. Yeah, and even and, like Gerald hangs back a little longer because he's like, he and Arnold and that are was my buds. F- yeah. That was my favorite part yeah. is that. You see this little bit of understanding from Gerald as his BFF. He's just like, you know, what's going on, man? And they, they have a moment, and Gerald's just like, hey, look, you know, I'm sorry. They didn't know. Let me chill back with you. Like, let me chill with you. Like, you know, we'll, we'll just hang out. We don't have to do anything. He's right. like, no, you should go. Like, you should go. You know, ride the roller coaster for me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I'll see you later. And Gerald's just, <laughs> and Gerald's just like, Okay, cool. Yeah, he's like, I did my duty, but now I'm going to go ride a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. That's, I mean, that's how it should be, not only for the plot, but like, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. it should be anyway. So it's fine. So, I mean, it's understandable. But then this is the moment where we're given like the sort of this Shakespearean uh, monologue or soliloquy from, from Helga, who's hiding behind a car. Right. And, it, you know, she is finding out about it now for the first time. Right. After five you know, seasons. As, yeah, after five seasons. <laughs> and so she's, she is offended that she didn't know what was going on. And so she, you know, <laughs> what was it? She, uh, she had been making fun of him when he said he didn't want to go. And, and I, my, favorite, <laughs> my favorite line from her is she's like, oh, Arnold, let me repent my cruel words. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, boy, oh, here we boy. go. But then you, don't, you like, don't hear from her anymore the rest of the episode because it's all about yeah, it's just <laughs> It's just a throwaway thing. She's got like, and that's like her last lines of the series, man. That's it. Yeah, she's got like one physical comedy thing, and her final line is her blowing raspberries at Arnold, yeah. going like, "See you later, loser." Yeah. Walking off screen. And that's it. That's all you get. And then it's yeah, it's interesting here because this is there's some things that kind of hint that Arnold is growing up a little bit, and I think that's kind of the next thing that plays out. Like Arnold watches his friends go to hang out at the amusement park. He's he's still upset over the you know the loss of his parents. He still he's still upset that he doesn't know what happened. So he's just like, you know what? That's it. I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of feeling this way. So he, he gathers all their belongings up in a box. So he gets the, you know, the pictures of them that he still has. He throws his hat in a box. That was really like the, the key moment. That, yeah. that, that frightened me. Yeah. Like when I saw that, when I saw him put that little tiny hat, because it always makes me think of the, the tiny hat SNL sketch. Okay. If you've ever seen no, it. I don't know that one. <laughs> like, I'll have to send this to you later. But it's. Look it up if you're listening. It's the SNL tiny hat sketch. Uh, it's phenomenal. Uh, but it, it, for some reason, obviously, this came first. Hey Arnold came first, and then the tiny hat sketch came, I think, in the, you know, in the 2000s okay. at some point. But every time I saw the, the tiny hat sketch, it made me think of Hey Arnold. Okay. Um, and just the, the size of this, this little cap that he was wearing. <laughs> but when he throws it in the box... Yeah. He really, there was a moment where I was like, oh shit, like, is he? Oh, like this, this really felt sort of like, uh, like you said, like this was the pivotal moment where this character is growing up. Well, and the crazy thing and for he's me sort of, was that I had just watched the hat episode, right? 
So right. you're, you're talking like an episode four years and, and change earlier, which I had just watched like a half an hour before, but you were just seeing like, there's a whole montage of Arnold with his hat. Like he goes to get, he wakes up with a hat on. He goes right. in the shower and he has never takes hat it off. off. He never takes a hat off. He like, he like move it to like dry out his hair and comb it and part it, but he never takes the hat off. So the fact that like he yeah. loses the hat in that episode, like people are looking at him like, Oh, did you get a bad haircut? Oh, you look terrible. What happened to you? And like, it's just this identity thing. And then you learn that his parents gave it to him. That lends this moment so much more gravity. And then grandpa actually catches him like throwing the hat away into this box. And he's like, I don't want to think about my parents anymore. They're gone. I'm over it. I just don't want to deal with it anymore. And he's putting and all this stuff away. You need to think about this. This is, this is really strong. Yeah. For the period that this is coming out, like this is really strong for a kid's cartoon. Yeah, especially you know, wrapping to, the entire suddenly, series up. Yeah, yeah. You know, you 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 think sometimes you know you want you want series and you want your characters to go out on like a fun high note, you know. And this is like 2001 after right. five seasons of this show of friends and hijinks and adventures and stuff like that, right. and all of a sudden it gets this really serious moment, and it, you know, you, you just. You want them to enjoy yeah. it. Like you don't want this to be like a end of the Sopranos don't stop believing episode, <laughs> oh, no. you know, moment the where the weirdest thing just, is the end of just... this episode just Arnold <laughs> just sees a hitman walk in and then the screen just cuts to black. That was the weirdest <laughs> ending. It's don't stop Done. believing the it, end. Finn. So it, it's it's really it's really interesting, but in this moment where he throws the hat away, right. pivots thankfully finds this journal on the floor yeah which was funny because it really broke up that that heavy moment of just like yeah oh my god it's my dad's journal and then like it's all back on again and he grabs the hat back out of the box and puts it on and it's that like, okay. and so it's it's fun because they they have this shot of him like beginning to walk down the stairs right. holding the journal and i'm like he doesn't have his hat go back go back and get yeah, his hat and he pauses and he just goes oh he runs back up comes back with the hat i'm like oh yeah. okay so they break never has a hat been so fucking important regarding a character (laughs) than this stupid boy with no name yeah with no last name well that's funny they mention that later on i know they they have a little joke with this too it's very funny so it's it's good but But yeah we get to this this whole point where it's just grandpa narrating this journal which i think is funny because a lot of these things like they leave a lot of plot holes like how did they get a hold of this journal if you know, his parents who had disappeared off the face of the earth, you know, right. how did they write all the way up until the point where they left? Did they just decide like, ah, I'm going to leave this behind while I go on this adventure? <laughs> like, yeah. really? I, w- I will say this. This is amazing. What's amazing about this journal is that there are a lot of illustrations that are in it. Yeah. And Miles, <laughs> hey, or Arnold, I want to say like, I almost feel like Hey is his first name and Arnold is his last name. Yeah. We should mention and note that Arnold does not have a last name. Yeah, no, in nobody the entire does. series. Nobody does. A, a majority. Well, well, I mean, I, a majority of the, the, the yeah. secondary characters. Yeah, nobody in Arnold's family has a last name. Right. It's just grandmother, grandpa. Uh, yeah, we're Phil and Gertrude. You know, that, yeah, Gil and Gertrude. Um, I keep Arnold saying Phil. And, it's like Phil or Gil or. I thought it was Gil. I heard Gil and I read Phil, so is I don't it know Phil? which one it is. You I heard Phil? I've read both. Okay. Okay. Really? Yeah. Which is weird. Okay. We'll check Whoop. it later. We'll fact check. Whoop. We'll fact check later. Yeah. Uh, so tweet at us and let us know yeah. what we're doing. Phil, hashtag Phil, <laughs> hashtag Gil. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you just, 
you, you have all these kind of like fun moments where they, they don't have any, they don't have this last name. And so every other character in this show has uh, a first and a last yeah, name, pretty much. which is just interesting to note. Yeah. And even like um, the parents. Yeah. So obviously if Arnold doesn't have a last name, then we don't know the last names of Miles and Stella, um, who are right. Arnold's parents. But it's, it's funny to watch them kind of fall in love because Miles is the real kind of like, he's adventurous and he's physically capable of stuff and he's a fairly smart guy, but he's like super clumsy and awkward. And luckily Stella is trained in the healing arts. So every time he screws up and like injures himself or falls down a hillside or, you know, crashes something that she just kind of patches him up. And that's how their relationship kind of starts with him being all banged up, usually by sacrificing <laughs> himself or something. And then she patches him up in the, in the tent. Just getting that good old frontier medicine. That's right. Dr. Quinn. <laughs> In many cases, it wasn't like, it, it wasn't even something where she's giving him an Advil or some type of like anti-inflammatory. She's just wrapping his head in tape. Yeah. She, she's <laughs> just, just like, like putting him good. in traction, basically. Yeah. <laughs> every single time. And there, we should like mention that they're, they're in like the Amazon, <laughs> but they're in a, I believe, right. fictional place called San Lorenzo. Yes. Yes. I'm assuming it's fictional. Oh, I have no idea. I'm terrible that with geography. Zero it could be real. It be it could be real, and I could be, I could be astounded. I want to call up Triple yeah. A tomorrow yeah. and just be like, I'd like to book a trip to San Lorenzo <laughs> on a on a just, biplane and never come back. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> looking to run away permanently from all my responsibilities yeah. and my children and the child um, that we made and the child. Um, what's interesting though is that they're like, so when Grandpa's telling the story, he's like, oh, it's the it's a story about their. Later, they're like a honeymoon in Rio or something. So they do talk about like real places there. Yeah, right. And then there's like a weird throwaway where Arnold's like, you told me they honeymooned at the North Pole. And he was like, oh, I was probably just making that up. So it goes back to your point about the unreliable narrator. Like how much stuff has he made up? Is he still making stuff up? What exactly happened to him? We don't know. And that, to go back to what we talked about at the intro, that is what the TV movie is going to kind of like delve into a little bit more. But this, this show takes so many twists and turns about like you think they're gonna like die or something's gonna happen to them so many different times and they keep getting themselves out of situations that it makes it seem like they're very very capable of still being alive this you know this many years later i would i mean i would assume i would assume as much i god i can't imagine them picking up this <laughs> which is dead cartoon parents? with the realization that his parents <laughs> just died send Arnold by... on like a quest for like the lost city of gold and he just finds two football shaped <laughs> head skeletons in the middle of the jungle <laughs> just one with a ball chin oh, and like another with a rounded face that'd be so dark <laughs> and then just eduardo so standing over their corpses with a machete <laughs> Telling them that, like, you're the only one that can do this. The green-eyed people need these bones. And they're like, let's, all right. Let's well, talk about these green-eyed people. So, okay. so, Miles and Stella are there basically on, like, a mission trip at this point. And you had a big deep sigh with this. Is everything okay? Everything's fine. I was just really frustrated <laughs> by the green-eyed people because they're just, okay, they're basically just meant to frustrate you. Because they, they ask. So, yeah. Miles and Stella end up helping them out. Um, I forget how do they how do they help them out to begin with before even the serum and any of that is this when they got the the artifact away from the pirate the random pirate right well okay. no 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 the the whole the whole beginning of this journey is that they uh eduardo tells them about a hike that they should take yes together and by themselves correct yep. and so they and you know stella questions well why is didn't eduardo come with us right. 
to Miles' response is, well, Eduardo says this is really something you have to do once in your life. You only want and to only do once. once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You only want to do once. So it's not an so enjoyable hike. You, you, can, you can tell because by the time they get to the top of this small summit, yeah. they are covered in dirt. They're extremely exhausted. Not happy. Stella is crawling on her hands and knees I love to that get he didn't to help top, her to the top. He just got there and yeah, then just waited for just, her ass to haul it up. Just They, they are both pissed. Uh, it's, they get to the top of this. They stand up. And the mountain, like there's a like a like a landslide, yeah. And they fall into the river, right. and they are they're going to die. They yep. are going to die, 100% and they cartoon fall. Death. They you know, <laughs> super cartoon death, and so they fall over this waterfall, right. and there's like a net that saves them. That they they bounce on this net, and they fall into this cave that's behind the waterfall. And they're saved. And they're like, what the fuck just happened to us? And there's like us? baskets of food and, and everything out laid out for them. And like, like torches fish. lighting the way. It's very yeah. romantic. Very romantic. And, uh, and, and there's somebody that's climbing up a ladder that's yeah. in a far room in yeah. front of them. And they, you know, Miles being the archaeologist that he is, deciphers some of the green eye stuff. He, he understands and he sees some of their, their symbology or their iconography that they have that's up on the wall. Yeah, carvings and stuff. Um, yeah. And he's just like, oh shit, you know. These are, the, these are the people, you know, these, these are the green-eyed people. Like, this is, this is incredible. And so for saving their lives, then Stella and Miles rescue this stolen green-eyed artifact right. from presumably some pirate or some, some river smuggler pirate. that stole it from yeah. them. Right. Which is such a weird toss away. Because they, just, they escape. Yeah, it's just like an it's, adventure yeah, I mean, it's, moment. It's, it's, it's one it, of these like Indiana Jones things right. where it's like, oh, we'll get this artifact back and we'll get to swing on a vine and this pirate's going to be real upset. And then, yeah, and we'll the, make Well, the interesting the thing idea. about this is yeah. that they, they do get the artifact and as they're swinging on this vine over, they drop the artifact and Stella kind of like sees it for a second and Miles just goes, no, and covers it back up and he just simply just, his comment or his line is something about, it's, I've been told that it's too secret even for eyes and I was just like he basically says like yeah it? it's too sacred to look upon it or something like that so, but she's just like whoa just like full staring at it and so she knows what <laughs> it is Miles never even looks yeah. at it he's like no it's too sacred to stare upon it and they kind of just like they get to the green eyed place and they drop it off in like this area that's like set up for you know, rituals or whatever and basically before they even get like two paces away the sucker's gone and in its place is yeah. a little trinket left by whoever green-eyed ghost swooped through there and picked the thing up. And it's kind of like a token of appreciation and kind of saying like, okay, you are now basically like metaphorically one of us. So they are now kind of part of this green-eyed tribe, which comes into play at least 50 more times in the next like half an hour. Right. Is this when they get married? So yeah, this is, um, they have this, this like moment this tribal where... Wedding? Uh, yeah, so they, well, I want to, mo- I want to mention the one key thing that comes into play time and time again, okay. is that at all of these temples for the green eyed people, right. there's always copious amounts of butterflies. Yeah. There's butterflies like, everywhere. There's usually some butterflies. Like, smoke or something going on. Right. And so they, they have all this stuff. And so, uh, you know, this, the fulfillment of this adventure and the, the token of the green eyed people is, uh, kind of the, you know, when they decide that they are going uh, they're going to seal the deal. And you begin the story with Miles writing and saying, I've met the woman that I, I'm going to marry today. Yeah, and Grandpa you making know, a joke and, like, oh, I hope it's your mother. Yeah. Yeah, right? It's pretty funny. <laughs> so they, so they, they get into all of this stuff, and so they get married. The wedding, the wedding is fun. They had a couple 
fun little bits yeah, little joke. that were kind of scattered in there for for humor. They have a like a for some reason in this San Lorenzo, they have the ability to get uh, ice carvings. Uh, I, like think, I think I think it was literally swans. just a gag to show how long they had been standing there. For the passage ceremony. of time, yeah, because yeah. the thing just like, melts I, completely, and the sun tracks from like served... dawn to to sunset, just as yeah. this little shriveled up tribal serves... guy just like reads a scroll <laughs> in some ancient language. It's <laughs> just bizarre. And so they and they they get to the point in reading the scroll where yep. they say Miles, and they're about to say his last name, um, or no, they say I now pronounce you Mister and Mrs. Right. And then it cuts to uh, grandma, yeah. uh, or no, it cuts to a guy in the thing, like burping, like, or no, grandma is eating like a huge pot of like just chili or, or, or stew something. or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. like refried beans, and she just burps out loud, <laughs> and, and, like, and they don't, they don't go back to it, they don't address it, they don't, you know, they don't dwell on it for a significant nah, period a of time. With any of these grandpa like, jokes, yeah, you never gave them a Desperate. last name, so you never get one, yeah. But the important thing that comes afterwards is that now that they're married, this is when we have earthquake number one. Yeah. So it's like, just like random earthquake. So there. So yeah. So this. So and this is this is key. These butterflies and this uh, earthquake. These things are going to be called back to. Yes. Um, and so you know, these are important, significant things that happen on the day to kind of mark the occasions, and then suddenly. Uh, like a like a little baby in a basket on a river, you know, like a biblical story. Suddenly, we get we just get a we just get a little basket that just a uh, little bassinet. It's a, that just it's a gift from the green eyed people for the wedding. Who, who's who's in it? Uh, it's a little pig. What should we name her? It's a, it's a little. <laughs> what was what was Stella's name? I can't remember what she wanted to name it, but then like Miles, like he picks this pig up and like unwraps a blanket, and he's like. Because she says something like, maybe we should name her Ellie. And then yeah. he's like, uh, maybe we should name him Abner. So they basically just looked at Pigcock, and that was the gag. <laughs> so, like, that's the gag. And then we move to, like, this is one of, the, one of the cuts where it goes back to Grandma and Grandpa. And Grandpa, they have just had, like, these giant plate of sandwiches, these hoagies. And then Grandpa's just like, I think this is the moment where they say this is, like, the hottest night in the jungle because grandpa like rips the page out of the journal, hides it. And he's like, short man, go order us some Chinese food. And he's like, but grandpa, right. we just ate like a platter of sandwiches. And he's like, just go do it. Yeah. This is the moment. So he like <laughs> uses that as like a, so he hides the, for whatever reason, miles decided to like write down explicit sexual maneuvers, I guess with his new bride yeah. in the journal. Just some crib notes. He probably just, just drew some, like uh... Kama Sutra pictures or whatever of just like his ball chin, <laughs> wherever he wanted to place it. And that's just too strong for Arnold. So Grandpa had to no, hide no, no. from him. No, no, wherever is not wherever is not the key word in there. He's putting that ball chin everywhere. Ball chin deep. That ball chin, ball chin deep. Ball oh chin Jesus! Deep. Oh man! That's how you make babies. So yeah, that's how. I love it though that's because that's just another like awkward moment of like I don't know how old Arnold is, so he doesn't understand sex yet. Let's have him go out of the room and order Chinese food. Right. So that's like the one segment. So which yeah. To the to the point then they have this immediate like supposedly silly bit that I'm sure that I did not get as a as a child. Okay. I now get it as an adult, where grandpa is opening his fortune cookie and he just goes, Oh, must be uh must be my lucky day. And the three numbers yeah. that it says are thirteen, thirteen, yep. six, six, six. And you're like, 
what the fuck? Not real lucky. <laughs> like, who isn't, he, isn't he also like in that moment? Isn't he singing like this fairly racist kind of like Chinese sing song song? Yeah, it was a little. <laughs> yeah, it was a little, a little upsetting. Yeah, but he probably fought in the Korean War, upsetting... so I'm gonna be like, that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, about like how he, how much he loves Chinese food yeah. and how great Chinese food is. But it has a really, it has a slightly racist undertone to it. Slightly, incredibly overt, and you'll know it when you hear it. Yeah. uh, I I was uncomfortable watching it. That was, that was the only moment in this episode where I was like, you know what? In terms of like tuning and time, they really could have dropped this little bullshit piece right here. Like it served nothing. Weird choice. Weird choice. But then, so they go from the Chinese food, and now they hop to the next adventure where it's Miles and Stella's honeymoon in Rio. And right. they like get in Rio and I guess they're going up to whatever the super famous mountain is there with, you know, big arms Jesus on top of the mountain. And uh, they're like going up this tram and they get into this other adventure. Now, this is like a cliffhanger adventure because one of the trams right. malfunctions and it kind of like breaks away from the cable. So, in, Yeah, in, it's like a cable car like you would yeah, cable use car like tram. skiing, I guess, like yeah, in the like Alps ski or something lifts like that. or the Alps or, or wherever. Just a going chalet. Up. Ski chalet. So they go into like super heroic action mode again. Like Miles jumps on top of this, the other tram across the way, and he like whips. Just blown away by this. It was crazy. He just like he has a whip because he's Indiana yeah. Jones basically. He whips the other cable car and pulls it towards him with superhuman strength, and they get the cable cars close enough to get most of the passengers off. Now, if this was me, I probably just would have let this little kid drop if he didn't want to. If he didn't want to come over and we were trying to help him, but <laughs> so there's this one little kid that's left in the other tram and he's scared and he's tucked away in like the far corner. He doesn't want to come across. So Stella's like, "Well, if you're not going to come to me, then I'll come to you." And she like slides down the whip, jumps into this this falling tram, basically, scoops the kid up, and then just tries to like shimmy him back to the other tram. Well, while this is happening, both of them kind of like start to give way, and. I think it, Miles and Stella end up on the the one that's falling away, like into the water, right? Right. They're like right. riding this thing and basically so they, to their death, and they decide like oh, we right. got to bail out and we'll drop into the water again. Now they're dropping from like two hundred feet in the air. Yeah, it's an interesting, and a, um, I'm glad that they did the transition the way that they yes. did because you you see them get into all these death-defying situations, right. and you're just like, how do they get out of this? And it's this just is, die hard. I, yeah. I think a great, yeah, this is a great storyteller mark where. You know, they, they're not going to show you everything that happens. They don't need to, right. to show you every piece of action. And so they have them jumping from this, uh, from this cable car into the water. And then, you know, there's kind of a splash. And in that instance, you see Stella kind of come out of the water, but she's in a bathing suit. Yeah. And you're like, wow. And then she walks over to the poolside and you see that Miles is there, like with his arm. Again, yeah, he's, he's like up in traction, yeah. like with his arm in a sling a funny and everything. Yeah. And then who the fuck shows up but this cock block. Oh, hello. My God name is Eduardo. Dick. I come what with a, a gift dick. from the green-eyed people. He's the worst. He comes with he's a me- like not even you, a gift. He comes with a he's message. Like if you're having an okay day and Antonio Banderas walks in and he's just like, you know. You're uh, just like, oh, this asshole. This Gotta deal with this guy. Desperado. And, uh, I'd, just, I'd, ask him, I'd ask him about bad movies and be like, hey, how was making Automata? Yeah, no. You shouldn't ask him any of those. That was that stories. nightmare. He'll kill you. <laughs> so he basically, so Eduardo comes in. He's like, hey, sorry to bother you again, but not really. Uh, the green-eyed people need another thing for you to do, and you're the only ones that can do it. Blah, 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 blah. 
So they go on this other yeah. adventure. Now, this one introduces this like sleeping sickness that is apparently afflicting the green eyes. And Miles right. and Stella are the only ones who can put together an antidote in the most ridiculous possible way that you can come up with. It's like, it's the strangest treasure hunt, world traveling, inefficient way to do anything that I've ever probably seen. Yeah. This was I'm very much like an Indiana really, Jones was, moment, though, again, because it was like they're in a plane and right. they're traveling to different places, and it shows kind of like the overlay of their plane traveling across the map. But give me your, give me your thoughts on this, how they handled this. Uh, yeah, I'm blown. I mean, you're, you're absolutely 100% correct, and I agree with you. This is the most inefficient way to do all of this. <laughs> right. What blew me away is, again, is that they, they return to where the green-eyed temple is or where this this new green eyed temple yeah, green eyed people temple is yeah. and so they they get there and they see that the butterflies are dying right. and within 30 seconds and i know that this is a part of the story and right. they, and they can't take too much time whatever. with this is a cartoon yeah. you know and so but it's just one of those things where like stella sees it and she's like it's and she sees these butterflies dying right. like you know unable to fly and they're withering and she's like Miles, it's the sleeping, it's the sleeping sickness. And you're like, oh, oh yeah, obviously. clearly, We've it has never to heard be. Of this before, there, but no other, no other possible thing. Now, I don't know, you know if when not we, to mention that she, yeah, if when we were well, introduced to Stella, if she said like, I'm here to help cure them with a the sleeping sickness, I'm if they if she said that, I missed it. I thought she was just there I to like bring, bring general help or whatever. But yeah, but yeah, Probably she teach people in that region instantly about hygiene and safe sex. Yes, <laughs> just rip out journal pages. Kids don't need to know. Yeah, um, just... <laughs> yeah, she instantly nails the disease, and then she's like, okay, we got to put together a serum, and here's what we need. We need red moss from, like, this one river. We need a nose hair of a Bolivian boar, and we need this root yeah. of a sapote tree. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like, you would assume they're all just, like, in the area. No, no, they have to fly yeah. to, like, three different continents to find this stuff. And it takes you on, like, this five-minute so they... journey of just, like, these weird little... It's like a montage of pain for miles. Right. It's funny that you say it's a montage of pain because it's a montage of pain followed by another montage of Stella putting together a cure. Yeah, so you've got montage of pain and then montage of butterflies <laughs> just dying. Just, mon- just montage on montage oh, on montage. Man. Also, in what scientific community does doing work on a butterfly translate into this is ready for human trials? All scientific communities. Maybe the green-eyed All people scientific. are just butterfly people. They better be. They, they, they better, better be. be butterfly people. They better be butterfly better people. Better be mariposa. Mariposa. Like, just it's in, it's incredible. So they bring them this cure, and uh, and life is good. Yeah, until, everything's great. Until they're uh, they're clinking some glasses, putting them up, doing a little cheersy yeah, cheers. Maybe make a baby on the uh, yeah on no on the on the stoop of this little uh this little san lorenzo hut that they have that's right and this is my favorite part that happens is that stella takes a drink of a glass oh yeah and then she immediately just goes she immediately throws the glass (laughs) and just goes oh and miles is like what's wrong she's like oh as soon as it as soon as it hit my stomach it just felt so bad and just like okay what like I'm thinking to myself, she's got sleeping sickness, or I, she's got. I some thought type that for a, a second, and then I was flu. like, "No, they've gone so far with this episode. She so has far, to be. She has to have morning sickness or whatever. She so has to be pregnant. Has to be pregnant. And that's when they cut has back to, to this weird scene between Grandpa and Arnold, where Grandpa's trying to be like, "No, she wasn't sick. 
No, she wasn't feeling bad. She was having a... Yeah. She was going to have a... a maybe. Rhymes with maybe. And then Grandma yells, rabies. Rhymes with maybe. And then Arnold eventually puts a f- two and two together and figures out that that's when he was about to be born. You know, that was like the earliest right. part of his conception, basically. So it's, it's kind of sweet, sure. though. They go back to this beach where it's just Miles and Stella, and Stella's <laughs> becoming increasingly pregnant. And they're just kind of like hanging out. And they're just, you know, chilling with Eduardo Things in are, the jungle. Yeah. yeah. Things are going really well for yeah. them. Up until... And... <laughs> Up until suddenly, uh, they're sitting back on that same stoop, yep. and there's San Lorenzo Hut, yep. and they're eating dinner, yep. and Stella goes to take a bite of something on a plate and just throws the plate. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I love that the breaking the, silverware and glasses. I love that plates and silverware and cutlery just comes so easily to them in the middle of the jungle that you can just break right. everything that you own because you have a bout of morning sickness. But no, basically, this is, at this point, Arnold's yeah. like the baby's coming. So they need to get to whatever the closest hospital is. Unfortunately, what's standing in their way? Everything. Everything's standing in their way. Pretty much everything you can think of as Uh, far as natural disasters. Natural disasters. (laughs) It's basically Pompeii is standing right in front of them. Yeah. (laughs) This huge, this huge volcano, which has kind (laughs) of like rumbled and smoked before. And, you know, we had seen evidence of with the, uh, the earthquake from earlier. But now this thing is like, full on gonna explode and eduardo even says like at one point he's like don't worry it makes a lot of noise but it never really does anything this thing blows its top man to the point that it's like did you ever watch um congo yeah michael Crichton's congo what a bad what a bad what a bad movie so bad but i love it i love it so much um the end scene with congo is basically they're escaping like a volcano in a river of lava that's just incinerating these uh laser wielding gray death apes uh at the end of this movie (laughs) which is fucking awesome. Go watch Congo. Um, but they're surrounded by lava at this point, and the only means of escape that they have is this, this little stone fortress that is part of the green-eyed people's um, uh, civilization, I guess. And they see like this little wisp of yes. green smoke, and that's the only way that they're able to get to safety so that they can actually have Arnold in a somewhat safe place. So they, they use this clever metaphor yeah. of a volcano erupting yeah. to signify what it's like for a woman to give Hot birth. Hot lava. Which, I'm not a woman, nor have I ever been able to give birth. So I'm just going to assume that that's the correct metaphor. I'm going to assume you're just spewing hot lava. I'm going to stay the fuck away. Right. Yeah. But it's interesting. They do this weird, there's like this weird kind of mystical thing that happens. We'll get to Arnold's namesake in a second though too, but there's like this weird mystical thing that happens where like, there's basically chaos all around them. This volcano is exploding, you know, right. rocks and shit's flying everywhere. And lava is like being diverted around this temple, it's but rising it's rising up. up. It's burning everything in its path. Birds are flying away. And like, it's, it's, it's just this noisiest thing. And then as soon as Arnold's born, the volcano stops erupting. Everything just goes still and quiet. And they're just like, as soon as he came into this world, everything got still and peaceful. It's like, wow, is he supposed to be some sort of like mystical omen child like what are we what are we doing that's here? what i'm curious about like that's i mean he was born in a lost civilization's temple yeah, during a volcanic he, eruption during a volcanic eruption and, and his birth sh- like silenced silenced a rainforest it's such a weird so, turn to make though man with the rest of the show yeah. such a weird turn to make and then i mean this is this is something that would would if they 
dig into this. This would require you to suspend. Yeah, forget everything else you know about Hey Arnold except like, this episode. This is, because nothing yeah, else. This is no stoop kid. No. This is Volcano this is Boy. Volcano Boy. Shark like, Boy and Lava Girl. This is like. <laughs> so at this point, God. Arnold gets his namesake, right? And it's, it's Stella who names him because I think it's actually her, actually her father's name. Yeah, it's Stella's father's yeah. name. And you see, like, someone in the bushes, presumably a green eye. Someone's in the bushes and it hears his name Arnold. And I think he even says, like, Arnold. And then he just, like, runs away. Arnold. Arnold. So that's not fucking like terrifying whispers. at all, right? You've got a crazy yeah, magic that's fucking terrifying. who knows your name as a child and is running off to his tribe. So we, I have no idea what's going on with these people. And you'd think, like, okay, they survived this thing. They cured the sleeping sickness. Eduardo's debt has been paid. They got their baby. Maybe now it's time to go back home. And for a time, you're correct. They do go back. They stay with Miles' parents, who are, you know, Arnold's grandparents that you know to come to know and love. And they have a really nice year, basically, raising Arnold. And he's playing with celebrate, his... They celebrate the birthday. Celebrate, they celebrate the birthdays. a first birthday. And Arnold's running around in diapers. He's playing in the mud. He's playing with all his friends, which I thought was a nice touch when they actually showed, like, all the neighborhood friends as, like, little, little kids. That was really cool. That was cute. So they all look basically the same, just, like, in baby form. So it's, like, reverse Rugrats. And <laughs> they show all this cool stuff. And you think, like, okay, well, they survived all these things. Like, what the hell could possibly happen? Motherfucking Eduardo... Eduardo again. Ah, he like shows up. They're basically every- like at the playground, I think. And he's like, "I'm sorry to ask you one more favor from the Green Eyes." How is this guy finding the them? The sleeping sickness has ever returned. <sighs> Antonio, get out of here! They should have just said no God. at this point. So this is where they're like, and I think Miles even in his journal is like, you know, we had to do it one last time. The the people need us. They don't have anybody else they can count on, and we're kind of like their go-to. And he's like, but I really don't want to leave my one-year-old son behind, but luckily we leave him in the capable hands of my parents. And there's this really sad scene of Arnold, little Arnold, yeah. watching his parents leave. And it, it's, a, it's a little counter to what we saw on Parents' <clears> Day, <throat> where he's actually old enough to say, like, bye, Mommy, bye, Daddy. In this point, he doesn't really say anything. He just sees him leave. And that's it. Their yeah. plane just kind of like flies off into the clouds and that's kind of where the story ends. And that's where the journal ends and that's where Grandpa's narration ends and Arnold asks him like, is that it? He's like, that's it, short man. We never, you know, heard from him again. So he gives Arnold the journal and he's like, of course, this is yours and feel free to do with it whatever you want. You'd think that's pretty much where the story ends, but what, what does Arnold find out? A little glimmer of hope here at the end. This, this is what was so cool when he's he's looking at the journal by himself later on out on the stoop i believe back on the stoop back on the stoop he finds the last two pages of the journal Ooh, i got like tingles just thinking about this it's well done it's well Uh, yeah he um he notices that these final two pages are stuck together and he he goes to sutra action Oh, yeah, I ruined yuck. it for you. I ruined everything. His brothers and sisters, his unborn brothers and sisters, oh, sticking God, together, stuck the together on the page. <laughs> like just glue sticked together. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> to ground myself in this, so Arnold pulls apart those pages. Yep. Arnold pulls apart these pages and realizes it's a map. Yeah, a well drawn, color illustrated his... map. Yeah. Yeah, is a fully illustrated map of San Lorenzo and where his parents had been staying. 
And in his excitement, the episode concludes with him running into the house and yelling for his grandfather to tell him the discovery that he's made. Yeah, and then like a vision of like a plane, I think, flying away through the clouds or something, or him flying away through the clouds. Right. Which is a nice way to end it, uh, except for the fact that they're revisiting this and we will maybe find out what actually ultimately happened to Arnold's parents. Now, if they just open up where Arnold's like suddenly, you know, what, 10, 15 years older and he's like an explorer himself. With a ball chin. With a ball chin and, and a football, football head. head and a tiny blue hat. <laughs> he's going to be like the weirdest adult ever. I don't know what they're going to do, man. I mean, it'll, it, I'm torn. It'd be kind of cool to see him like find out what actually happened to his parents, find that they actually are alive, and then he, maybe he meets a village girl or he meets another missionary or something and um, he carries and on with his life and gets missionary with the missionary or, you know, carries on with his life or just continues this trend. It, that would be really nice because it was kind of left unresolved, but I don't know. What do you think? Do you like it how it is now with like the mystery? Or would you like to see it resolved? I'm torn. Yeah. But I kind of, I kind of like it where it is with the mystery. You know, I, I, I want to have the ability to substitute a happy ending in, uh, in the way that I think everything resolves and they're happy. And so being able to put that in there and, and leaving it open-ended in that manner allows me to do that. I'm a little bit hesitant if they are to come back to this part of the story yeah. and really kind of dig into it, is it going to do it justice after, you know, what, 14 years? Yeah. This has been off the air 15 years. 15 yeah, who years. knows by the time they get so, it actually on TV. Yeah. Right. So that, that's, you know, 15 years later, you know, it is, I mean, the show holds up incredibly well. Yeah, it really does. No doubting that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a joy to watch, but, is this continuation of it, is it going to be necessary? Is it going to be something that is going to be fulfilling and satisfying? And the thing is, I and, think anytime you try to do something like this, you're never going to please everybody because there are going to be some people that right. A, didn't want you to do this to begin with, and then B, the people that were interested don't like how you handle it. So I don't know, if you bring back Arnold as a kid, how much can he conceivably do? If you bring back Arnold as an right. adult, that's weird, and it's not Hey Arnold. So I don't know what you do with this one. Um, so I guess we'll just wait and see. We'll definitely revisit this if and when the, the new TV movie does come out. But uh, yeah, that's our take on it. Would you like to get to some other reviews out there from uh, listener land? Uh, yeah. You want to take, take Ginger87? Have a difference of opinions. <laughs> yeah. Some people have a difference of opinions. Mm. Uh, and thankfully, we're able to find them online and read their reviews as because well. Because they're silly. So and they put their opinions out there. Yeah. Right. Uh, you could tell clearly that Dave and I have had a positive experience with the show, but let's hear from Ginger87 from New York City. Her, <laughs> it's titled, Good, Ellipsis. Dot, dot, dot. Hey Arnold was a really good cartoon. I used to watch it when I was little in 1996, when I was nine years old. The show was pretty funny and the characters were realistic. I also liked the fact that the show had many different characters. My favorite episode was Arnold's Christmas. That episode was cute and sweet. I also liked the episodes Monkey Business, Phoebe Cheats, Arnold Betrays Iggy, Helga on the Couch, and Helga and the Nanny. Those episodes were great and hysterical. The movie was also really good. Overall, this was a good Nickelodeon show, and I wish they still aired new episodes. I give this show 10 out of 10 stars. <laughs> so just to recap from Ginger87, uh, good, really good, Pretty funny, 
uh, cute and sweet, great and hysterical, also really good. Good. Overall good. <laughs> 10 out of 10 stars. <laughs> ah, get it together. Ginger, you are Ginger, all over, you're over the place. The map. But guess what, Ginger? Um, they've answered your prayers. There will get be ready new for episodes. This. There will be new episodes. Uh, we do have another one. I am not going to blame Senk for the poor English on this one. This is just one of those bad like Google translations from Germany. So I will do my best to put this in an awful German accent for you. This one is from Senk from Germany in July of 2001. It is titled, What an Entertainment! I am from Berlin and 20 years old. I have seen Hey Arnold several times on Super RTL cartoon channel. I just liked it. Especially the episode with the stoop kid is so funny and intelligent. There is a kid who cannot leave his stoop. My god. This episode rules. Just watch it. I liked it. I can't explain more because I... <laughs> it's like getting Indian for some reason. I can't explain more because I don't know how to explain... Is... <laughs> What's happening to this accent? <laughs> I can't explain more because I don't know how to explain it. You'll remember that episode if you are a fan of this cartoon. Sank, I apologize for my drifting terrible german accent but what an entertainment thank you so much for that review i loved it oh i think we're recovered from hey arnold this was an interesting departure uh not exactly what i expected but i'm glad we uh, revisited this one so definitely let us know i agree um if you had other favorite episodes of this cartoon and if you remember the journal and if you're looking forward to the new the new version of hey arnold so definitely let us know in in the interim yeah. before we get to these new episodes yeah. Uh, we should mention and note that this entire series is on Hulu, all five seasons, Watch them all, all 100 episodes. Check them out. So dig in and enjoy. It's a lot of fun. And if you just go back and watch, like just search for your favorites and just watch them, you'll definitely find that there's a couple more, like probably right around those that you really like and you want to check out too. So I'd, I'd say definitely go back and check them out. Uh, that's about Concur. it for us. So Sean, what do you have coming up in the next couple of weeks that the listeners out there can check out as well? Man. I am uh, I'm going to be performing a bunch in the DC area. Uh I've got some shows that are coming up uh January 14th. Um do, do, do Saturday the the 23rd, uh Friday the 29th and uh oh my gosh, February the 5th. Nice. Uh all these shows are at a place called uh the DC Arts Center or DCAC in Adams Morgan. Uh, you can find out more information about tickets and times. I'll be performing with a group called Knox, as always, because they're the best. And you can find out more information on Wit DC for tickets and times. Uh, and this is all leading up for us uh, before Knox and I all head out to San Diego. We'll be performing in the San Diego Improv Festival. Uh, it's the 8.30 show on February the 13th. Um, if you're in the SD area, coming out. We're having tons of fun. We'll be hanging out. It's Valentine's Day weekend, so bring a date. Have a laugh. Uh, buy me a drink at the bar later. Sounds like fun, man. <laughs> it'll, be a, it'll be a great time. And you can find me on the IG and the TR at Sean Paul Ellis. God, is it IG now? Yeah, I call it IG. You call, does anyone else? Yeah, probably not. Yeah. They so do. it's Instagram they and Twitter for old folks <laughs> they like me do. who don't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> at Sean but Paul Dave, those are, my going, those are my goings-ons. <laughs> What are you up to, buddy? Well, I just want to say that we will have all the information uh, for Sean's upcoming shows over at our website. You can also find links to my goings-ons. Um, you can find me at collider.com. Uh, I'll be reviewing and recapping a bunch of shows coming up. So when Flash, Arrow, and The Walking Dead return from their mid-season hiatus, 
I will be doing episodic recaps of those, so feel free to come over to Collider.com and check it out. You can also just check out the general TV movie news that we have going on over there 24-7, pretty much. I've actually got some interesting news that maybe some of you might be interested in. I've been a fiction writer for a long time, probably about 12 years now, so I actually Mm -hmm. just started up um, just a fiction site, just a place for me to just kind of dump all the short fiction that I put out there. Um, I've had some issues lately with applying you know, submitting stories for like short fiction and then just watching as the websites and magazines just fold completely or just take years to get back to you. So I just want to put this stuff out there. You can go to davetrumboard.com and it's actually where I have all my, I'm starting to put all my fiction writing up. So it's pretty lean right now, but in the future I plan to have, you know, fairly regular updates over there. It's just kind of something for me to just kind of have like a, a creative dump site that is not related to cartoons all the time. So if you're interested, you can check that out. You can also find me on Twitter at DrClawMD. As for the show, you can find us on our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can also follow us on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Tumblr page, SaturdayMorningCartoons.tumblr.com. We have a Facebook page. We have a YouTube site. You can listen to us each and every week over iTunes and Stitcher, and you can feel free to send us an email with episode suggestions, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. Next week, we will be continuing our New Year's Nicktoons roundup with the Angry Beavers. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know. I remember watching this one, but I don't know how it's going to hold up. I'll be 100% honest with you. This is a weird one. I remember, I remember watching yeah. it and then uh, promptly changing the channel. Or yeah. it was the thing that was on while I was waiting for something else to come on. Yeah. So I just watched it. This, this, don't remember being in love with this show. No, this might be the one that where Sean and I, like, as we got older, this was just kind of like, mm, this might be the time to stop watching Nicktoons. I think this might be it. <laughs> so we'll find out next week when we visit the Angry Beavers and uh, see how it holds up. But until then, Uh-oh. Happy New Year's again, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next time, guys.